Uh, open them with me and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Starting at verse 1. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. <laughs> if it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. Hey, Bruno, good to see you. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not addressing Pastor Steve's comment. We're going to, I think the, the, his neighbors are, 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 I don't want his neighbors to find out about this, so I'm not going to read the comment. <laughs> but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. <laughs> First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's, you know, that's where I got the title for this live, and I, I called it Once and for All. But I just, it, it's one of my absolute favorite uh, scriptures, the way that it's described, the way that it says that the body of Christ, that through the sacrifice of the body of Christ, we've been made holy once for all, that now we're no longer required to have to sacrifice uh, bulls and goats. And, and the scripture even says that wouldn't, it, it didn't do anything anyways, because um, the blood of, and bulls, of bulls and goats cannot take away sins. Verse 11, let's keep reading. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Why? Because where's the devil? Under, under the feet of Jesus to be made his footstool. Just think about it. Um, I don't know if you have a footstool. I don't. Actually, no, that's, what am I saying? I do. I have one literally right here that I put my feet up on it. Um, and just picture it that way, that he's got his feet up and there's, his, there's the enemies underneath. Um, verse 15. Uh, sorry, verse 14, because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer sacrifice for sin. Um, let me, let me, um, no, I'm going to continue. It's okay. The more Bible, the better, right? I was going to be like, okay, I'll skip a few verses, but I, I want to keep reading that because this whole chapter, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, um, you know, it's funny because Hebrews chapter 11, I would say is the most like, um, commonly read uh, uh, chapter in, in Hebrews because th they call it the hall of faith, right? Because it's talking about all the different, uh, um, all the different people in the past, um, and the things that they did by faith. And so they're like, you know, they're, they're like commended in Hebrews chapter 11, but don't forget Hebrews chapter 10. There's so much good in it. And one of, one of the best verses in the Bible is in chapter 10, right? Verse 25. So we can't forget that, but let me keep reading. I'm going to read, I'm going to read all of it. Verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, 
for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. You know, and and that's basically telling you there's this hope that we now have that's been given to us through the blood of Christ. I mean, look at what it says by a new and living way for us through the curtain that is his body. So, you know, and, and it makes me think of, you know, when that veil was torn in two, now there's no longer a barrier between us and God. You know, because in, in the past, you know, the priests were the only ones that were allowed to approach uh, um, the presence of God. And if they were not, uh, and if there was any kind of sin found in them, they'd be dead on the spot. You know, and it was, it was, you, there was no access that an, that an ordinary person can have to the Father. But now, through the blood of Christ, through, through the sacrifice that he made, we now have access to the Father. Let's keep reading. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25, great verse. Some people forget it exists, but it's there. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm sure that how many times have we heard Hebrews 10, 25 over the past two years? I've heard it a lot. And I, and I have a feeling that maybe, um, or I, I don't know, and I, I'll admit this, I didn't read the rest of chapter 10 completely, like I usually kind of read the paragraph that's all around it. But I'm like, think about, think about this for a second. It's talking about the sacrifice that Christ made for our sins. It's talking about holding fast to that hope of salvation that we have. And then it's reminding us, but but keep meeting together too. Don't forget about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I love that that's where it's put in, um, you know, to, to not give up that habit of meeting together. It's still important. Yes, uh, uh, we're forgiven. Yes, we're washed in the blood. Yes, we have the grace of God. But don't forget, don't forget to meet together, to stay in that habit. I just love that that's where uh, um, that verse ended up being in this kind of chapter. That's really amazing to me. And so, you know, um, I'm going to stop there for a second, but I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to continue to read in chapter 10, but I'm going to stop there for a minute because, you know, it's, it's letting us know here that, that there is a hope that we profess, which is the salvation of our souls. You know, your salvation, it can't be taken from you, but, but you can forfeit it. And it, it brings this question um, that I've, I, I mean, I've heard it a lot of times. Uh, people ask it all the time um, regarding it. And the question is, I almost called the broadcast that, but I didn't want to call it that because I wanted it to be like a positive title. And, and the question was, is, can you lose your salvation? Because all of, all of these verses up until here where I'm stopping at verse 25, and there's more, I'm going to continue, is talking about how, how Christ came and he sacrificed once and for all. Now you no longer need to sacrifice uh, for sin anymore because he, he took the place of our sin. Uh, they're all forgiven now. Our sins are forgiven. We don't need to do those sacrifices anymore. But I, and so I'm going to, so before I continue in chapter 10, I'm going to read some scripture talking about the assurance of salvation because we have to, listen, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to be like walking down the street and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know what? Your salvation has gone. You're not saved anymore. No, that, that's not how it works. It can't be taken from you, but you can forfeit it. Yeah, Gina, that's I, I, I think I have to admit, I don't think that I came up with that myself. I don't remember who said it. But I, I heard it. So maybe I did come up with it myself. I, I'll take credit for it. Sure. Um, <laughs> but um, that's the, the best way to put it. But I want to start before I continue in, he, in Hebrews 10. Let's look through the scripture and understand about the assurance of, of salvation that we have. So let's start at uh, John chapter 10. Starting at verse 27. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand for I am the father and the father are one. So, so, so once we make a decision to follow Christ, because it says my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And then in return, we get eternal life and it can't be taken from us. Nobody can come in and take that from us. Let me read another one. John chapter six, verse 37. All that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but will raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. You know, I was thinking about that uh, in terms of, of the baptisms that we had yesterday, which were great. So ma- I, I mean, man, I, <sighs> I, I love baptism services because they're so, they're so happy. Um, yeah, Bruno, don't worry. I'm going to get to that. Um, I'm going to get to that because the Bible's actually clear. I, I don't even know why there should be a question about losing your salvation. It's extremely clear. And, and, and I'm going to, you know, so now, now we're establishing the fact that it can't be taken to th- taken from you, that it's secure because, you know, I've actually heard people say, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm saved. You don't have to wonder if you made the decision. You made the decision and you said, you, you did exactly what the Bible says, that if you confess with your mouth and, that, and believe in your heart, that, um, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, wait, I messed it up. For if you com- confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I have to go back to my, um, <laughs> the song I learned at the Sunday school rally, um, because it had that, that was one of our songs. The Bible says, repent therefore and be saved. If there was a point in your life where you said, you, you, you made a, a public decision and you said, I am repenting of my sins. I'm believing, thanks Bruno for the reference, um, believing in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and I'm confessing him as my Lord and my savior. You're saved. You don't have to wake up the next day and wonder, did that actually happen? Am I saved? Am I going to have eternal life? No, it's clear. For every, the Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. And so, you know, in, in terms of the baptism, it's like th- those people, though, yes, they were already saved, but they even took it another step uh, um, and doing something that's, that's, that, that's spoken of biblically to be baptized in water is saying that I publicly confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and, and now I'm being raised through the waters of baptism. And that's why I love baptismal services, because it just represents uh, uh, um, the, the, the act of, of, of our old life staying down and our new life coming up. And that's, that, it's just amazing, being, and, and the act of being uh, submerged in water, that, that your sin is left, and now you're starting a new life in Christ. Let me read one more, and then I'm going to go back to Hebrews 10. Because remember, we have to stay, uh, um, we have to establish why we can be confident, just like, like, like that, that verse said, in that hope we profess. Because he who promised is faithful. 1 Corinthians 6. Actually, wait. Um, nope, I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to read the, I'm going to go back to Hebrews first. So we've established that our salvation is secure. Well, let me continue reading. So you just read that lovely verse, Hebrews chapter 10, 25, go to church. We love it. But listen to 26. And this is, this is where, this is the key right here. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Wow. 
So it was all real. Hebrews chapter 10 was really nice. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, but, but hang on, I'm not done yet. The, <laughs> a fearful expectation of the judgment and raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. God is a just God. He loves everybody. But there is a clear choice that is to be made. You know, it's, it's even spoken about in the book of Deuteronomy that where God says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses, oh, that you would choose life that you and your descendants might live. God doesn't force himself on anybody. He presents the choice for you. And you have to understand that there is a consequence if you don't choose him. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sacrificed him and who has insulted the spirit of grace Grace is not an allowance to sin. Grace is an empowerment so that we sin no more. What did Jesus say to the woman? Uh, go and sin no more. There is a call for us to, 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 to decide I'm no longer going to sin. Now, let me go over to Romans chapter 6 because this is an important uh, um, um understanding about how grace works because too many times grace is seen as 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 this um this license to sin well i'm covered by grace you know my my, uh, my salvation is secure you know i'm forgiven there's nothing more i could do jesus already did everything well it's funny because in hebrews 10 it says yeah that's true there's no longer a sacrifice for sin. Those sins are forgiven. But if we deliberately keep on sinning, there is a, fire, a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire. And when it says, who has insulted the spirit of grace, that's what it said, capital S, spirit of grace. It is a spirit. It's an empowerment. That's right, Gina. It's, it's like a, kind of the phrase that that's called. It's called hypergrace, which means a lot, you know, an extreme amount of grace. And it's almost like it's an insult and an affront to the cross, to the sacrifice of, of Jesus to deliberately keep on sinning. Now, let me say this. I'm not talking about, so you're going to, you know, people are going to be like, oh, you know, uh, yesterday I, I, I was upset um, and I raised my voice, you know, like I, 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 you know, does that mean that I lost my salvation? It says if we deliberately keep on sinning, in other words, are we making an allowance for sin? And not just that, are we, are we treating the blood of Jesus and the, and the spirit of grace and taking it for granted? Like, oh, well, you know, I got the grace, I'm under the grace. You know, because that is when you get into dangerous territories. I'm not talking about, you know, um, your wife asks you if her new dress uh, makes her look fat. And so, you know, you didn't want to hurt her feelings. So you, you lied and you said, yeah, the, the, the dress looks great. You know, you look, you've never looked thinner. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a deliberate allowance for sin. And I, I've kind of, in case you haven't noticed, if you watch me every week, which most of you do, you know that I've been on this theme for the past few weeks, the theme of holiness, right? Um, Steph, I have a feeling that you, if your wife asked you if, if the dress made her look fat, you would say, yes, you look like a cow. I have a feeling that you would say that. <laughs> I don't know why, I just like, but it's okay. Honesty is the best policy, right? You know, I'm not... <laughs> Well, the sweater was cashmere. Anyways, um, you know, I'm not talking about, um, you know, you're in the car and someone cut you off and you, you, you yelled and you got upset and you gave them a dirty look. I'm not talking about that. The, the reason why um, the scripture here, <laughs> the scripture here says, if we deliberately keep on sinning um, and trampling the son of God underfoot, treated an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant, right? So it's basically like you're taking that sanctification that's come and it's like you're spitting in, in, in the face of Jesus. Like, oh, you know what? 
Now I don't, it doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter what I do, right? It doesn't matter uh, um, um, whether I sin or don't sin, you know, all my sins, past, present, and future, they're all covered, you know, and it's like this, 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 this blase attitude and this, this attitude of, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. We, we could just do whatever we want. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. Believe me, I hear people, I hear Christians speak like that. And what they're doing is exactly what this scripture says, that they're treating the blood of the covenant like an unholy thing and insult. It says who has and who has insulted the spirit of grace because the spirit of grace serves, like I said, as an empowerment to no longer sin. Let me go. I never got to Romans chapter six. Let me actually get there. Um, Oh, that's a good scripture that my dad wrote. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so we have to, that's where, where you have to know that. Let's just say, like I said, you did, um, you know, like I said, you did something that you're like, oh man, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. Don't worry. Just say, God, if there's anything in me that, that, that shouldn't be there, if there's anything in me that, 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 that like needs to be cleansed, you know, that, 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 those are the kind of prayers you pray. Not to take the attitude of, it doesn't matter what I do because my sins are all forgiven. Because that scripture in 1 John says, if we confess our sins. So there needs to be a confession that takes place. If there's no confession of sins, there could be no forgiveness of sins. If we want to be purified from unrighteousness, there has to be a confession that happens. And so if you ever hear, um, let's say a, a, a quote unquote salvation altar call and during the prayer, there's no mention of the need to confess sins or the need to repent of sins, then that's not a salvation because there has to be repentance that happens when a person makes that decision, repent and be saved. I think Lisa's a great driver. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Romans 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. By no means. With an exclamation point. Exclamation point. And we know how important exclamation points are. Right, Lisa? Sheba, we know. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We're dead. Again, just think of the action of baptism. You, you, you were one, went down in the waters of baptism, came back up clean, came back up cleansed. We're no longer, hey, Melina, good to see you. We're no longer in, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, if, everyone who watches like this later without the comments are probably like, what is happening? And I'm just laughing at everything, but that's okay. I like to laugh. Laughter is good. Laughter is, is, is helps a, a laughter is, um, a merry heart is like, I forget the scripture. Bruno, if you're still there, help me out. Um, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So again, I'm not talking about one time you raised your voice accidentally. I'm not talking about one time you didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. So you, you, you know, that, that's not what we're talking about here. You have to understand that, you know? And like I said, if there's a point where you're like, man, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. That was, that was a wrong thing to do. You, you, go, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, uh, you know, please cleanse me, wash me. I, 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 you know, that was a, I, I made a mistake. I certainly didn't mean to do that. Because again, if we're dead to sin, we can't live in it anymore. And we're being, remember, what does the Bible say? Being made holy, being perfected, getting to the point where we don't even have a, a let's say a quote unquote slip up or you accidentally, no, not even. Because in your, in your heart, that can't even possibly happen. That's, that's what we're, that we're looking to do, right? Being made holy. Because what did it say in, 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 uh, in, in Hebrews 10, 10? And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So where there's holiness, there can't also be sin. They contradict each other. By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? 
Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Again, think of the action of baptism. You're not the same anymore. You're living a new life unto Christ. If we have been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Listen to verse six. For we know that our old body, sorry, our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. We are free from the slavery that sin has held us, had used to hold us bound to, that now our lives are, 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 are being perfected, being made holy, that we have a new life, that we don't even have a desire to even think about sinning. Who, who, who wants that when you're constantly uh, um, living for the Lord, advancing his kingdom, in the house of God, in the word, in prayer. How is there even time to sin? How do you even have a, what are you even going to be doing? So again, you have to understand that what, what's being spoken about in Hebrews 10 is a deliberate uh, um, decision to continue to live in sin. And I'm going to continue reading verse 30. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Oh, grace. It doesn't matter what we do. God loves us. Yeah, he loves us. (laughs) He does love us. But it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Don't, you know, don't. Again, it's like an insult to the spirit. It's an insult to Jesus. It's an insult to God, the father, to think that we're just going to continue living our old life of sin after we were supposed to be washed clean by the blood of Christ and now coming into a new life with him. And you're still going to, you're still going to live some, some horror, some horrible life of sin. Turn with me to first Corinthians. Sheba, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say the quote. Anyways. Yeah, Lisa, exactly. I, I, we should want to live to please the Lord. You know, and not just because you, we don't want to fall into the, the, the <laughs> fall into judgment, but also because we love God. We want to serve him. We want to please him. You know, everything we do is, 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 is like to, to, to put a smile on his face. You know, when you love someone, you want you don't want to, to make them mad. You don't want to make them unhappy. It's like you want to do things for them. You want them to, to look favorably on you and say, yeah, this person, they, they really love me. You know, they, they, they do everything they possibly can. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 9. Because again, if you're going to, if you've heard... Um, People say that kind of stuff, you know, future sins, your future sins are already, uh, um, we're already forgiven. Okay. Are you planning to sin again in the future? I, I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be made holy. I'm not thinking about sins in the future that I haven't even committed yet. I'm thinking about, I want to be being made holy, living a life that's pleasing to the Lord. It's almost like you, you, you're basically saying, well, now I, you know, I don't ever have to worry if I, if I fall into sin, well, no problem. Um, you know, because yeah, you know, I got the grace and everything and there's no, you know, no one cares. It's like, they don't care about how much God hates sin. They don't care. I mean, you know, reading that scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, talking about how, how dreadful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. He takes it seriously. Remember what I said last week? God takes sin very seriously. So therefore, so should we. You don't make allowance for sin. You don't, you don't open the door to sin. You don't be like, well, you know what? You know, I, I'm probably going to go get drunk this weekend. But you know, God, God's grace, you know, he'll love me anyways. 
No, because now you have an understanding of the sacrifice of Christ. It's different now. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, um, it's like if you're, again, this is just an example. I, I, I obviously always go the speed limit. Um, so let's say you, you, you've taken your, your driving courses because you have to take the courses to, to get your license, right? And so you know, you're very well aware of the, the, the laws of the road. You know what they are. Um, and you speed anyways, and then you get pulled over and, and the cop's like, did you know, um, do you know how fast you were going? And I'm like, yeah. And you know, I was going like whatever, 120 or something like that. And he's like, well, you know, that's, that's over the speed. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't realize. I had no, no, good luck. Lisa, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, good luck in getting out of the ticket that way by, by claiming ignorance. So I, I actually had no idea. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. I didn't even know there was a speed limit. I didn't know that there was any penalty for speed. You know, forget it. Because if you have a driver's license, uh, uh, you're very well aware of what the laws of the road are, you know, is very clear. And so now that we're saved, now that we're aware of the penalty of the law, we're aware of what the law is, we're aware of, of what the sacrifice of Christ has done, we can't like go backwards and say, well, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that was bad. You know, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. We know exactly what we're to do and not do. We know exactly what is sin and not sin. And I'll tell you, the way that people ease their conscience is they'll, they'll just change the definition of sin. You know, what the Bible says is sin. They're like, well, you know, maybe that's a little misinterpreted. You know, are you, you know, um, are you sure? Like, I, I'm not sure that's what it really says. You know, I, I don't think that, that that's what it meant. I think it was just like a figurative thing. You know, and people talk like that because that's how, that's how they allow sin to come in their life. They, they're like, well, you know, um, that's actually not a sin. You know, like it's actually not against uh, God's law. So, you know, we're all right. We're in the clear. Um, <laughs> for real, Patrick, Patrick, what it, uh, I guess, I guess if you try to tell the cop you didn't know, then I guess it probably didn't work, right? Um, <laughs> it was funny. It was a Friday night. Friday night, it was like super windy. Like, I, I'm wondering if that's like what a hurricane feels like. And I have a small car and I'm a small person. And so I'm driving and I couldn't, like my car was like moving and it was like, it was rough. And I slowed way, way down. I slowed way down. Like I was going like, how, what was I going? Like maybe like 80 or something like that on, 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 a, on the highway, which is extremely slow for me because I'm not, I'm not a, I always keep up with the, with the traffic. Steph, you got a ticket as a pedestrian. How did that? Oh, did you jaywalk? Um, did you jaywalk? That I guess is the only way or cross on a red. I don't know. Anyways, it was super windy and I'm like, I was driving so slow and I, I, there was a police and he had like a, um, he had his radar gun and I drove by and I got, you know, whenever you drive by a cop and you get nervous because you're thinking, what did I do? Are they going to stop me? And then I realized he's probably going to be like, wow, this person's going super slow because uh, I was going like 80 because my car was literally going to drive, uh, fly off the road. Um, and I'm pretty sure if I was trying to walk in that wind, I would have been blown away. There's no question about it because um, it was like ridiculously windy. Um, I'm going to read that, that scripture. Steph says he never got a ticket in his life. Good for you, Steph. Good for you. That's, that's a good thing. I, I haven't, I, I, well, anyways, I have gotten some, I have gotten some and it's been my fault, except for the time that, that I really, uh, needed to use the washroom. And so I kind of like blew through a stop sign because I wanted to get home and well, the cop, the, it was a lady cop and she really couldn't care less that I needed to use the washroom. So. I got the ticket anyways. Um, you know, lady cops, like they, I think they like try extra hard to like be tough. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that because probably get the broadcast taken down. Okay, I want to read that scripture that my dad pointed out because it's a great one. Second Peter chapter two, verse 20. It says, if they have escaped the corruption of the world, 
No, it wasn't that, Lisa. It wasn't that, but still, I uh, I needed to go. Be <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are I you guys are just you're great. You're seriously the best um, crowd watching. Um, I'm not gonna say audience because we're we're like we're, we're there's participation. So I wouldn't say audience. I would say I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Um, if they had escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of, the pro of them the proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. It would have been better for them not to know. That is, if you think that it's not serious, if you think that, that, uh, that, that a deliberate sin, a life in sin, a life, a casual regard for sin, if you think that that's not a big deal, well, then you must be reading a different Bible than me. Remember what we said right off the top. No one can take your salvation from you, but you can forfeit it. And that's the way that you forfeit it. By deliberately living a life of sin, by going back to your old life. What it says, um, that a dog returns to its vomit. That a dog vomits and he goes back and he eats it, which is really disgusting. And I love dogs. I don't know why they do that. Um, and it, it, it's like you, you've, you've rejected your life of sin and then you're coming right back and going right back forward again. That's what it's basically saying. And it would have been better for them not to know. It would have been better for them never to, to, to have heard anything at all than to, to, to understand knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and then turning back to your old ways. So we, you have to be careful. Do not take it lightly. Yeah, it is uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, Bruno. Don't take, you don't take it lightly. You, you, we can't take it lightly. A light regard for sin, a casual regard for sin. And it starts by little things, doesn't it? Um, I deliberately made a decision not to talk about pastors who, who have um, fallen. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about other ministers. But I will say this. What opens the door to it? Alcohol. I could do a whole, boy, I would do, I would do a whole broadcast about alcohol. Because let me tell you this, let me tell you this, when you have a light regard for certain things, don't be surprised when you wake up one day and your life's a complete disaster. Because it started with a few little things, oh, what's the big deal? Oh, it's, I think Lisa mentioned it earlier and, and she's like, oh, how far can I go without, you know, I remember um, when I was a teenager. You know, that's how, how people in youth group were like, what, how close can I get to the edge without, I, maybe I will do it, Alicia, because I, I'm very passionate about the subject. Um, how close can I get to sin without sinning? How, well, that's how people think. Why? Because they have a light regard for sin. That all they care about, like, like those scriptures that we read in the past couple weeks, that the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, that that'll take you over. And so therefore, rather than thinking, how can I please God? How can I live more holy for God? How can I turn, how can I make sure that my old life is dead and buried? No, rather they're saying stuff like, well, how close can I get to the edge uh, without going over the edge? Is this sin? Can I do this with my boyfriend and girlfriend? Is this considered bad? If you're asking those questions, it's probably because you shouldn't be doing it. Let's put it that way. If you have to, to wonder, should I be doing that? Why even open the door? Why even start? Why even, why even give the devil? Don't give him an inch. Don't, don't even open the door to anything. Because as soon as you start to open the door a little bit, it's just going to, that door is just going to keep opening wider and wider. That's a guarantee. Because it means that your regard for, for the things that the Lord hates it's you you regard it like it doesn't matter what's the big deal it's no big deal we're, we've got grace we don't have to worry well Josie that's that's what I'm saying I don't I, I agree because if your heart was right with the Lord you wouldn't trying to be figuring <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I miss you guys at school too. I'm, I'm, I will be, well, there's more classes coming up in September. So you, you, you have not seen the last of me, Jerlaine. And I love being in class with you guys. Um, so, you know, if your heart is right with the Lord, the first thing you think is not like, how close can I get to sin without actually sinning? Right? You know what I mean? Or how much can my, and, and believe me, there is a reason why of everybody, and I mean everybody, who was my age, is that true, Lisa? Because that would be so awesome. Um, that was my age. I don't get it either, Patrick. I'll be very honest. Um, that I've always had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And, and, and there was a large group of, of people my age. And of them, there's only three who made it. Me, Pastor Carlo, and, and Pastor Grace. That's it. No one else. Everyone else. I, I mean, I don't think any of them are serving the Lord. I think maybe one. I think he lives in, um, he lives in a different province. And I think he's serving the Lord. Um, you know. Oh, Steph. You would, you would be fun in class. I have a feeling. I, I, I feel that you, you should take a class. Um, you know. And I, I remember I look at like old old Sunday school rallies and I see all these kids. Where are they now? They're not they're not serving the Lord. Because I, I I knew them well. And I knew that they always had to have one foot. Yeah, Tom and Lisa are good um good example. Tom's a little bit younger. Lisa Lisa was my age. Who eventually came back. That's right, Philomena. You know what? I am gonna do a broadcast about it. it and it's gonna be great. Maybe even next week. I'm not sure. I haven't uh, we'll see. But I need to, we should do that. And so they had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And guess what ends up happening? Guess what ends up winning out? Always. What ends up winning out is your flesh side. Because it means that you haven't fully surrendered your life. You haven't fully submitted. And when that happens, the temptation of the world is so great. Because it, you always think, like, like remember what I read about Enoch. Sorry, not Enoch. Uh... Why can't I, why did I lose his name? What's, what's the name? Oh my goodness. Esau. Wow. Sorry about that. Not Enoch. Enoch was good. I'm talking about Esau. That, that the hunger, his fleshly hunger was enough one time to, to destroy everything. He lost everything because of that one decision to follow the flesh instead of following the Lord. You know, and, and so anyways, I'm going to, wow. How, how did, why does time go by so fast? I knew it. As soon as I said that I was going to, I wanted to make sure I kept it within the hour. I, I, I knew it was over. I knew it would never happen. <laughs> I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm just not going to say it. And so it means that there, there hasn't been a complete and full surrender to the Lord. That there's still that, those little like, oh, the, the fleeting pleasures of the world that is trying to come in and take over. And it'll lead you astray. And I've seen it so many times. How many times? Oh, boy. I don't even want to say it. Uh, you get involved with the wrong people in your relationship. And you're gone. And we never see you again. Why is that? A subject for another broadcast, I would say. Be careful who you, oh man, I don't want to like, <laughs> anyways, perhaps a, another, another subject for another day, but you know, it, it always, the same thing ends up happening. Where are they? They started dating someone gone. Why isn't the opposite? Why, why doesn't the person end up coming with them? No, because the pull of the world is too strong because you're not submitted to the Lord. Yeah, that's right. My dad said the, the infilling of the spirit. And even what it said in Hebrews, that, that, that grace, the spirit, capital S of grace, that will help you. That's right, Alicia. You know, it reminds me of this little exercise that I always used to see uh, in youth group. That you have a person stand on a chair and then you have a person on the floor. And so let's say you would have the, the guy stand up on the chair and like someone like me would be. And so, sorry, no, opposite. I'd be up on the chair. And then a guy would be standing on the floor. And so the youth pastor would say, try to pull the guy up to your chair. And of course, I'd pull with all my strength. He didn't budge. 
And then they, the youth pastor said, okay, now you try and pull her down. One pull and I'm, I'm on the floor. And it, is, it was always served as like a really uh, a clear example that it, it's always, you know, it's always way easier to be pulled down and to be influenced in the wrong direction. We're supposed to be the influencers. That's the point. Why are, why do we care about what the world does? It, it, what makes them happy? We should be the one influencing the world. We should be the one who's setting the bar. Not that it's always, we're playing from behind all the time. Oh, you know, the world, the, 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 the happiness of the world. Or they, no, wh why? I, don't, I have no interest in what sinners think is happy or what they think is cool or what they think is good. We should be the ones setting that standard according to the word of God. But it's never like that, is it? No. Why? Because we, we've made a decision. Yeah, that's a good one too, Sheba. Because we've, we take the grace of God for granted. And we take the sacrifice of Jesus for granted. And we say, well, now it doesn't matter what we do because we're forgiven. That's exactly, you're right, Bruno. That's why the Bible even says that bad company corrupts good character. Anyways, boy, that I'm telling you, that's, that's another, I have two broadcast ideas now. And maybe I'm just going to go for it. And if it steps on some people's toes then maybe their toes need stepped on. How about that? Because this is, this is no joke. Do not take this stuff lightly. How dreadful it is to be in the hands of the living God with fire, fearful, fiery judgment. I don't want anybody, no one, to have to experience that. To be like the ones who, who, who are better off not even knowing the righteousness of God. I don't want, I don't want to see anybody like that. I don't want to see anybody in that situation. I want to see everybody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and stick with it. Oh, you have to hate the, the, the sins of the world. Last scripture. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. And this is makes it very clear. Very clear. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters. This scripture might get me kicked off the broadcast, but it's what the Bible says, so I don't care. Neither the sexually immoral, nor, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Just like that hymn we sang at the end of the service yesterday, Are You Washed in the Blood? That's what some of you were. But you were washed you were sanctified and you were justified. Go and sin no more. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that, that on such a great weekend like this, that we could be deliberate and intentional about remembering the great sacrifice that your son Jesus did to cleanse us and deliver us from our sins. Father, I thank you. I thank you that the tomb is empty. I thank you that the throne is occupied. And I thank you that the victory is secured. I thank you, Lord, that, that you have taken our place, that we no longer have to be slaves to sin, but we are now sanctified. Father, I pray that if there's anybody tonight who's listening or watching and they don't know you, that they would come into repentance tonight 
tonight in Jesus name. If, if you're listening to this and you've never, you never uh, uh, can, can remember a time in your life where you made a decision to be born again, I'm going to pray a prayer and you repeat this prayer. If you're listening on the podcast, repeat this. And, and just like the scripture says, say, say, father, I repent of my sin. I I believe that Jesus died on the cross and set me free. And I I, I confess that he is Lord and Savior of, of my life. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. And Father, I thank you that now through the blood of Christ, I am saved. Any, you know, that, that is the most important prayer that you will ever pray. To come into the knowledge of the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you for anyone who might have been listening and prayed that prayer out loud. That by your faith, you confess. Your faith is is, is something that's spoken out loud. You don't think it in your head. You speak it out of your mouth. So, Father, I thank you. I pray for anybody who might be watching tonight that feels that there's a pull of the world that is so strong on them. Father, I pray that they would understand that there is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace that comes on the alive on the inside of them and empowers them to live holy, to live pure, to live sanctified, that they're dead to their old lives. And just like we see people who come out of the waters of baptism, that they are dead to their old life and raised to new life in Christ. Thank you, Father. Lord, you you are so great. Thank you, especially this weekend, that we thank you for that sacrifice, Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, that through his holy, precious blood, we are made clean. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the great things you've done and the great things that you will continue to do. Thank you that we know that you never leave us nor forsake us. I love you, Lord. You are so great. And I pray these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.